The next bracha in our series is the bracha of tshuva. Hashivenu avinu letoratecha vekovenu makenu laabodatecha vehachazirenu b'teshuva shleimah lefanecha. We request of God that He be us close to Himself, to Torah, and that He cause us to do tshuva. You should bring us back in a complete repentance before you. There are two questions to be asked. One is philosophic. How is this possible? If there is something which you have to do yourself, it's, it's repentance, it's tshuva. Is it possible that we are asking God to we're asking God to cause us to repent? First question is whether or not it's appropriate to ask. Second little is question is whether it's even possible. If God causes us to repent, have we in fact repented? What happens to the principle of free will when we appeal to God to cause us to repent? Second question is textual. Obviously I'm asking it because I think there's a connection between the two questions. If we look at the Nusach of the Bracha, the language of the Bracha, we find that there is an interesting phenomenon specifically in the Chatima, in the conclusion of the Bracha. The Bracha concludes, Baruch Ata Hashem Harotzeh B'Teshuva. And this is definitely exceptional. Every other Bracha in the series of requests has a fairly fixed form. We ask for something because you, God, can give it. Baruch Hashem, who gives it? For instance, in the previous bracha, we asked for that. Because God grants wisdom. When we ask for uh, healing, we will address God, Baruch Hashem, Ofei Cholei, Amor Yisrael, who heals his people, Israel, who heals the, the sick of his people, Israel. The standard form of the Khatima is Baruch Hashem, who does that which we have requested. If that pattern was followed here, we would say, Baruch Hashem, HaMachzir B'Tshuva, He who returns Israel in, in repentance. He who brings Israel back in repentance. He who desires, he who wills tshuva. No other bracha refers to God's ratzon, to the will of God, rather than to the actions of God. And this surely requires some explanation. I'm going to give four explanations of this bracha. They're not contradictory. I think one is based on the other. Each one is independent. But I think, I hope you'll understand that I, I don't, I'm not offering four different explanations. I'm offering a, um, a suite where each one interacts with the other and builds on the, on, on the previous one. And each one will explain why, specifically, our, our starting point, our launching point is why the Bracha refers to God as the will of God. He who has the will directed towards repentance. First of all, one. Simply, why doesn't it say 
Baruch Atah Hashem HaMachzir B'Tshuva because God doesn't do that. We are in fact not asking God to turn us into better people. The power of God, which is infinite and can do anything, but the power of God, which could turn us into better people, is not, which we're, is not what we're asking for. And the reason is, for the philosophical question asked before, because we don't really want that. It, it would be inappropriate. It, w- it would not be desirable. It would not solve the problem of sin, which is what we're trying to solve. That's why it doesn't say Amachzir B'Tshuva, but it says Harotzeh B'Tshuva. But, what do we in fact then request? What are we asking for? And my first answer is as follows. Repentance, Tshuva as being described as Pacha, is much more than merely regretting sin and promising not to do it again. Or to put it differently, since each Pacha is addressing a need of man. The bracha, the brachot are requests to solve the needs of man. Tzolchei ha'adam. The need of man, which this bracha seeks to solve, is not merely that he has sinned, and therefore he now will stop the sinning. If there is such a need, then he can solve it on his own. He should solve it on his own. The need is that the sin has caused us, has has resulted in a rupture in our relationship with God. Sin shields, sin distances man from God. And the tshuva we're talking about is not merely that I should not sin anymore, but the tshuva is that I should recreate my relationship with God. I should be able to repair the relationship, the rupture with God, and put it back on a put back the relationship back on a solid footing. Which is of course what the word tshuva means. Tshuva means to return, to come back, to come back to the place where where one was back to a relationship, a close relationship with the hands of God. And therefore, what's the psychological action on my part is my problem. I really have to do it. I have to regret. I have to repent. I have to accept upon myself the obligation and the commitment to not do these things again. That's not what, We're not asking for, for that. We're asking that that psychological action on my part should result in a repaired relationship with God. And that's something which I can't do on my own. Because, as the expression goes, it takes two to tangle. The relationship of myself with God is depends on God as much as it depends on myself. I can promise God I won't do it again. It doesn't mean that God accepts me. It doesn't mean that God has a different attitude towards me. Hashiveinu Hashem, Hashiveinu Avinu, Eilecha. We're asking God to return us to Him. B'tshuva Shlema Lifanecha. 
And that, of course, requires, requires cooperation, requires an action on the part of God. And that action is, in fact, not an action. It's not that he should do something. It's that he should be v'tsebetshuva. And that's why the conclusion is v'tsebetshuva, that God should, should want our tshuva. And in fact, I think a better translation, the word v'tseb very often means one of two things. It means will, like the word chafetz, chafetz in Hebrew. But it also means, and a difficult word that I'm not even sure what the English translations are, it's a difficult word to translate, it means that something should be acceptable which is usually in the form of the hitbe, or mitratze. Let's say Hashem elokeinu b'amchaisel v'tfilat ha'mbracha, which we'll get to in a number of months. The first bracha after we complete the petitions. Let's say Hashem elokeinu b'amchaisel v'tfilat we should find favor in God's eyes. It should be favorable. They both, both meanings are very, obviously very close. It means that God has a positive attitude towards. That you, God wants tshuva, or God is mitratze b'tshuva, our tshuva finds favor in his eyes. L'ratzon al-mizbachi. When, when, when sacrifices are offered on the altar, they are meant to be l'ratzon. It doesn't mean in accordance with God's will. It means that they should, they should meet with approval by God. I think that's, that's, that's a better translation here. Ha-rotzebit tshuva, that our tshuva is what you want, meaning it finds favor in your eyes. It brings us back closer. We, the Ba'ad Shuva is L'Ratzon. The Ba'ad Shuva is L'Ratzon Hashem. So that's my first explanation. We're not asking God to, to, to change our psychology, to move my heart, to move my hands. We're asking God to accept our Shuva. Of course, we are Chazer Shuva. We are repenting. That's why we're expressing this uh, request. We're asking that the request should be granted, meaning not, not the next bacha, not that it should be, we should get forgiveness, but that simply we should be entered into a relationship, a positive relationship with God, because before we did shuva, we were not in a relationship. Ramam in Perek Zayin, 7th Perek of Hilchot Shuvah, in, in almost an expression of amazement, says, look at how great tshuva is. Yesterday, man was far from God. And today that he has done tshuva, he is now close to God, loved by God, acceptable to God. Tshuva changes our relationship with God and our relationship with something which is outside us. It's a real objective thing, but it's found between us and God and not only within us. And therefore, hakol bidei shamayim, chutz shamayim, everything is in the hands of heaven except for the fear of heaven, except for our moral basis, our decisions, our free will, that's true. But tshuva is, doesn't only affect our free will. It affects something that's objective, that's outside of us, between us, based on us and God. Explanation one. Explanation two. In fact, the simple explanation of the words... God should return us. There, there is some meaning to that. Not that we, not God should do tshuva for us. No, we, we, we have to do our own tshuva. But God's ratzon, God's will, God's openness, God's positive attitude towards our tshuva is in fact an ingredient in our ability to do tshuva. And I'll explain why. 
on two bases. One psychologically and two metaphysically. Psychologically, it's a fact. That when a person repents, a person does tshuva, a person comes back, because of what I explained in the previous explanation, that it's not merely, I'm going to be a better person, but I'm going to have a better relationship with God. That feedback, the feeling that when I do tshuva, I've, I've accomplished something. I'm, I've achieved something. I've, I've, I've acquired something of value. In other words, that I am closer to God is a necessary ingredient in the ability to do tshuva. It would be extremely difficult, perhaps impossible, I don't wish to exaggerate. I think it's extremely difficult for a person to consistently change his life if he doesn't feel that his life has changed for the better. Not merely that it's in accordance with what's right and not no longer in accordance with that which is wrong, but that there is a positive uh, aspect, that there's something has been added to his life. And that added thing is, is God, is God's favor, is God, the relationship with God. So that, without changing the basic shot of what I said before, the fact that God accepts our tshuva and makes himself present, I'll put it very simply, that God is now our friend, God is now the friend of the Baal tshuva, the reality of that, and it can be sensed in reality, is psychologically extremely necessary for successful tshuva. So therefore, means help us. It doesn't mean do the tshuva instead of us. But it means, yes, you have to help us do tshuva. But how does God help us do tshuva? Not by pushing us. But by being there. That my tshuva should, in fact, make me closer to God. That by having changed my attitude towards sin, and by changing my commitment to doing good deeds, I now have actually moved myself closer to God. And I'm really closer. And I should be able to feel that. Because by feeling that, that is in fact what will make it able, able for me to do tshuva. So, in the sense I said it before, that you, that you are pleased with my tshuva, and you make that clear to me, make me feel that while you're pleased to tshuva, that I in fact come closer to God, that God accepts me as close to Him, that will in fact not make me do tshuva, but make my tshuva successful. That will help me take the next step and the step afterwards. If each step gives me that feedback, then I can do the step afterwards. And after all, tshuva is an ongoing process, which isn't just, I did it. Each step leads to, leads to the next. What I just described is a psychological truth, which I think is true, as far as I know. Of course, you can ask, well, why is it psychological truth? Or why did God make people like that? Is it just a quirk of human existence? A quirk of human psychology? I think no. I think this psychology reflects something real on a metaphysical basis. And that is that where does the ability to do tshuva come from? Something which I described in another context in previous weeks when we talked about Ketushah. It's because man, when, does, when he does tshuva, is in reality becoming better, becoming different. In reality, he's transcending himself. 
And therefore, it's not really that people cannot do tshuva unless they feel that they've come closer to God. Doing tshuva is coming closer to God, and if it's not, if I've simply changed myself, but it hasn't made me better, hasn't made me objectively in the world of value, closer to ultimate value, closer to God, if I haven't perfect, I'm using the words I used in three weeks ago, if I haven't perfected myself, haven't become more like God, more perfect, then, then I haven't really done tshuva. And that part of tshuva, I require God's, God's aid. I've, I've changed what I want to be. But does that reflect the Tzedem Elohim? Is that, in fact, making me something that I wasn't yesterday because I've transcended the way I was yesterday? If there is no perfection in the world, then there is no perfecting in the world. So I need that God should accept me. That metaphysical basis, that tshuva means actually becoming something different. Yesh me'ayin. Ex nihilo. I'm becoming more good than I was, more like God than I was, is the reason why there's a psychological necessity to actually feel that. Because if you're not on that path, then you won't be able to continue on that path. And that is, those two points together is the second explanation. So, I want to repeat the first two explanations quickly. The first one said that, I need, I'm, I'm asking. The need of man here is not merely to be good. The need of man is to be close to God. So I ask God to accept my tshuva and make me close to Him by being close to me. Second explanation, in order for me to actually change myself, I need to feel that I'm becoming closer to God. Because that's how you become better. You don't just say, I won't do X. You, you change your personality. And that, that change of personality is coming closer to God. And therefore I need to feel it in order to do it and it's based on the metaphysical reasoning that says that that's what tshuva consists of. Third explanation. The third explanation is based on a ma'amar, uh, on a sikha uh, of Rav Hutner, which is found in the Pachad Yitzhak and Yom Kippur. Rav Hutner refers to the statement which goes back to the Chovat uh, Halvavot, the Ramchal, that how does tshuva work? Tshuva works based on the principle of akirat haratzon, let me explain. In Shuvah, we're not just changing ourselves for the future. Okay, I'll stop doing what I did before. We're changing the fact of sin. If a person has committed a crime, he's punished, even if he does Shuvah, in, in, in human justice, because the crime still exists. You have to pay for the crime. But tshuva in divine justice doesn't merely say from now on you'll be a good person. And it doesn't even, which we'll discuss next week, it doesn't even, God suspends the punishment. It really obviates the need for the punishment because the sin doesn't exist anymore. You actually changed, almost like you've changed the past. You've, you've wiped the sin out of its existence in this world. And this is very important because when a person does a sin, he's actually changed himself. It's like poison running in your system. It's like, it's like dirt on your body, dirt on your soul. And say you won't do it again, but, but you're sick. The sin has to be taken out of you. 
which is something that punishment could do. The Ramban in the Torah Adam explains why even a an inadvertent sin has some sort of punishment because that's what cleanses the soul. But tshuva takes it out. It, it changes the facts. And what the Ramchal explained was that akirat ha-ratzon, akirat ha-maseh. What the Putin explains very, very uh, uh, dramatically is that the will of man is the life of the sin. It's like the oxygen or the food on which the sin thrives. And if you cut off the will, if you no longer back your sins, if you no longer stand behind them, but you reject them, then they wither and die. The fact of the sin that's in your system withers and dies because it has no life if it's not connected to a willing human soul. That's a, that's a principle of tshuva. Buddha points out and claims that that's why this bracha ends, because this is still miraculous. How is it possible that by changing my attitude towards a fact, the fact no longer exists? Why should that be true? That requires that principle that says, why shouldn't it be true? It's not true in this world, but it is true in God's world. In God's world, the will and the and the action, the will and the fact, are the same thing. God's will is a fact. If God wants that something should exist, it exists. If He doesn't want it to exist, it does not exist. There is no gap between willing and doing. And therefore, there's no gap the other way around either. Anything that's outside of God's will no longer exists. And therefore, I will request that our tshuva should be successful. Meaning that our will, uprooting our will should uproot actions, is really asking for something to take place on a divine level, not on a human level. And that's what we're asking in this bracha. We're not asking that we should do tshuva. I've done tshuva. I've uprooted my will. But I want this to be effective. I want, therefore, the sin to be, to be wiped out, to no longer exist. That requires an action on God's part. What it really requires is that our lives should exist in the sphere of Ratzon Hashem and not in Maaseh Hashem. Melech, Baruch Hashem, Harotzeh B'Tshuva. The operating principle isn't God's power, but God's will. Our Tshuva should be subject to our sins, should be subject to God's will, not to His power. It's not God's power that will wipe out our sins, but God's will. Where there's no will on a divine level, there is no, there is no reality. And in order for our tshuva to wipe out the reality of sin, we appeal to harotzeh b'tshuva. I've more or less quoted Bavotna here. I think accurately. I might have added a little bit in terms of tying it into the bracha. Uh, but this is more or less purely if not a quote, purely referencing Ravuna's explanation, and that's the third explanation. What I want to add is the fourth explanation is the same thing, but not only in relationship to God to me. What I want to say is that as a necessary component in people doing tshuva, because isn't merely that God wants me to do tshuva. is the basic metaphysical principle of creation.
Why does the world exist? And this goes back to what we described in the Katakdusha two and three weeks ago. Why does the world exist? In order to be good? The world was better, meaning no world was better. God's world was more good than the world after creation, which is by necessity and by definition flawed and deficient. God created the world not that it should be good, but that it should be better. In other words, God created the world that it should be Choseh B'Tshuvah. God created the world that His name should be magnified. God created the world that human beings should 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 uh, uh, transform themselves, should transcend themselves. It's the motion, it's the tshuva of the world that is the reason why the world exists. And we're saying, we're saying that the reason why we can do tshuva, which is in fact something that doesn't make sense in purely Aristotelian scientific terms, a person can change what he is. A is equal to A, said Aristotle. How is it that man can become the opposite of what he is? How can, man, how can a man transcend himself? The reason is because on the most basic level of this world, Greek philosophy and modern science is wrong. The most basic level of the world is the world exists specifically in order not to be equal to itself, but to be better than itself. And that is why we can do tshuva. Because... we are taking ourselves out of the normal course of natural process, which would not allow me to transform myself into something else. I would be only what I am. I would be true to my nature, which means that if I have a bad nature, I would be bad. And when I say I'm going to do tshuva, when I pray that I should be able to do tshuva, I am asking to, to cut through, to be able to, to access not natural law, but that which is more basic, more fundamental than natural law, but is normally hidden from us. And that is the law of creation, the law of yesh me'ayin. That's a purely divine power, which underlies everything that's in this world. The bubble that is this world, that operates according to natural law, is encompassed by harotzeh b'tshuva. God created natural law, which says that everything is what it is, in order that things should become different than they are. And therefore, I ask that that power should be granted to me. Because in most times of my life, I, I obey natural law. I, I operate on the basis of my strengths tell me what I can do, and I can do no more than I can do. But now I'm going to do more than I can do. So we all know that you can do that, because there is b'chivach of shit. There is free will. But in order to, to use it, you have to realize, you have to appeal to God to allow you to transcend the normal state of natural things and to operate as a Tzalem Elohim, as an image of God, and thereby transcend the rule of natural law. So that's also the Khatima of Harot Sebbe I want to summarize. I said four different explanations in Harot Sebbe One, God wants Tshuva, meaning He wants me. He's happy that I'm doing tshuva. He accepts me. And he rolls me. Two, God is God's accepting me helps me do tshuva. Because I get the feeling that I'm, I'm, I'm accomplishing something. 
Three, God is Vatsabitshuva, meaning my tshuva operates in the realm of will, where whatever is willed exists and whatever does not will is not will does not exist, thereby allowing me to destroy the existence of the sin. And four, God is Vatsabitshuva, the whole world only exists so that I can able to do tshuva. The rule of nature that says you cannot repent, you cannot change that which is, is overturned by the rule of supernature, which says that nature only exists in order to transcend itself. The base of this, I want to very, very quickly explain a few phases that appear in the Rucha. One is the appeal to Avinu. Hashivenu Avinu L'Tavatecha. There are only two brachot in Shemun Esrei where we appeal to our father. We often appeal to our king, or to God, but only twice do we appeal to our father, and it's this bracha and the next one, which is, we'll discuss it next week, but it's connected. This is the bracha of repentance, the next bracha is the bracha of forgiveness, of uh, atonement. Why do I appeal to my father? I'm not appealing to the power. The king holds the power. I'm appealing to my father... I want his relationship. The prodigal son returns to the father. The father accepts him. I'm appealing, tshuva, I appeal to God to, to be my father again. And I think therefore the second line says, Malkein, the second line says my king, but it means that once I said, Hashivenu avinu letaratecha, that achzireinu malkeinu lavodatecha, we should be accepted to the service, avodatecha, the service of God. So again, it's not the king using his power, but it's the attitude of the king towards me as someone who has been thrown out, and now I'm re-accepted into the ranks of those who serve God. I can be in the, the core, in the army of God. I, I, I return to my position in the king's court. Two, the word, lefanecha. I may mention in the end, the third phrase, v'achzireinu b'tshuva shlima lefanecha. My tshuva should be in God's presence. It shouldn't make a difference in terms of the use of my free will, whether I'm doing it far or close, but because the closeness is the is what I'm praying for, then it should be in God's presence. Three, what does it mean, tshuva shleima? So I would suggest that everything I described today is tshuva shleima. Tshuva without the word shleima, imperfect repentance, means I did what I had to do. I, I changed myself. I changed my commitment. I changed my resolution. The effect that I've described, coming close to God, becoming acceptable to God, transcending myself, becoming a, a different kind of a person than I was, that's tshuva shlema. And that's where we need God's help, is to add the shlema, the completion, the perfection, to the, to the, act, of, to the act of repentance. And, and that's it for Birkata Tshuva. Next week, the next bracha is Slach Lanu. God should forgive us. I have two questions which I'm going to mention right now, which I'd like you to think about before we discuss the bracha next week. One is, why is it a separate bracha? I imagine that each and every one of us, when we think about the topics, we tend to think of repentance and forgiveness. They go together. I'm repentant so that God should forgive me. Very easily God could have, uh, the Chazal could have put it into one bracha. But they didn't. It's two different brachot, which means that it's two different requests, two different things that we need. Why is that true? In terms of the text, the text of the next bracha is fairly simple. There's only one word I want to understand. And that's again in the Chatima, in the conclusion of the bracha. Chanun hamarbe lisloach. 
What is the word hamarbe? To forgive. God does a lot of slicha. What, what is the meaning of that phrase? Merciful who uh, maximizes or does a lot of his act of forgiving. And we will discuss that next week when we get to the next bracha, and that's all for today. Kultuf.